What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Money Over Blitzes podcast. My name is Kyle, and I just want to say happy week one to everybody out there. Hope everybody enjoyed some good football yesterday. Of course, we have one game left today, but week one is just about in the books, and it was nice to see some regular season football finally. Um, We got to see all the starters play a full 60 minutes for every game. Um, I had the red zone channel going pretty much all all early afternoon i was watching the the pats game in the afternoon and um you know had red zone going on but in between that all kinds of action going on so this is we finally made it the the long wait from last february till now we finally made it let's get into some of these reactions some of the fallout that we had yesterday and uh what we can expect going forward so uh, let's go down a little bit of game by game. Of course, we had the Bucks and the Cowboys on Thursday. The Bucks squeaked out that win. Um, you know, big offensive performance on both sides of the ball. You had Dak Prescott throw over 400 yards, which was great to see. They were just chucking the ball left, right, and center. Uh, he had 58 attempts. They pretty much just abandoned the run game, which I don't necessarily blame Dallas for going with that approach. Uh, when you're dealing with a stout run defense in Tampa Bay that only let up just about a total of 1,000 yards last year on the ground in total throughout the whole season, uh, it's not necessarily a bad strategy to just try and attack them through the air. Um, and, of course, it, I mean, it almost worked for them. They had the opportunity right at the end of the game to um, you know, take the win, but it's what happens when you leave Brady with – two minutes to go less than two minutes on the clock and the opportunity to drive down the field for a field goal it's like money in the bank so um for the cowboys of course you had amari cooper and and cd lamb both go off over 100 yards and three touchdowns between the two of them that was great to see Uh, on tampa bay side you had brady who threw 50 attempts 379 yards he had four touchdowns which got split between gronk having two godwin having one and antonio brown having one which, of course, was a great game for him and was, I think, kind of surprising. Mike Evans was kind of the odd man left out in this case. He only had three catches for 24 yards, but that's kind of how this offense is going to be, and that's kind of how Mike Evans is on the whole. Um, you have a lot of up-and-down games where he's kind of touchdown or bust in certain ways, but then there's, there's other games where he pops off. So Brady's always going to throw to the open man no matter what. Um, doesn't really pay play favorites as far as that goes. Maybe Antonio Brown, but it's a, it's a guy that gets open over the middle. So it's always been a, a safety blanket for Brady, and uh, I don't expect that to change anytime soon. Uh, we had the Seahawks win over the Colts, 28-16. Uh, Russ threw for 250. Carson had just under 100 yards rushing. Tyler Lockett was the big winner in, in this one for the Seattle. Had 100 yards and two touchdowns. DK Metcalf had a touchdown of his own. Uh, Carson Wentz on the other side threw for 250 and two touchdowns. Both of those went to Zach Paschal. Um, Jonathan Taylor had a very pedestrian game on the ground, only 56 yards. Of course, that Seattle defense did get a little bit tougher uh, as the second half of the year went on last year. So um, I'm not totally surprised. And Wentz missing all that time uh, between the injury and the COVID stuff in the preseason, it, I expected that that team to start off a little bit slower. So not totally surprising. What was a little bit surprising to me was uh, Philly just 
manhandling the Falcons. They finished 32 to six. I expected a shootout in this game. Uh, I believe the total set for the game was 48 and a half, and I thought that would clear pretty easily. But I was made the fool. Of course, Atlanta started quick, but didn't last throughout the whole game. Uh, Jalen Hurts, he threw for 264 and three touchdowns. He looked great. Miles Sanders had 74 on the ground. Devontae Smith, six catches, 71 yards and a touchdown. Rager had 50 yards and a touchdown. Dallas Goddard got involved with a touchdown. So pretty evenly distributed amongst all the, the playmakers for Philly. Go over to the other side. Matt Ryan struggled quite a bit. Uh, 35 attempts, 21 completions for only 164 yards. So couldn't get much going in the air. Um, from what I saw, he didn't have a lot of time to throw. So that was kind of a big struggle. Um, Receiving-wise, Calvin Ridley only had five catches, 51 yards. Kyle Pitts was right behind him at four for 31. So very tough sledding for that team. And I was very surprised to see them come out flat. Uh, hopefully this isn't a sign for things to come because I do have some Ridley shares and I do have a Kyle Pitts share. So that'd be, you know, not in the best interest for me. But I, I do want to see them kind of right this ship and uh, see what they can do, at least offensively, going forward. It is a coaching change. It is a, probably a culture change for them. So we'll have to see kind of how that goes. Uh, the Chargers took care of business over Washington, 20-16. to 16. Herbert was his normal great self, passed for 337 and a touchdown. He did have an interception, but, of course, it's it's Washington. They have a very tough defense. So, you know, it's, it's going to be tough sledding for them anytime you go up against them. Eckler had 57 yards rushing and a touchdown, so not bad for him. He was coming off the hamstring injury, so he was kind of eased in a little bit. Keenan Allen got his usual 9, 10 catches. Well, finished with 9 and 100 yards, so not a bad day for him. Mike Williams had 8 for 82 and a touchdown. Of course, on the Washington side, the big, the big news of the day was Ryan Fitzpatrick going out with a hip injury. Uh, news came out today that um, it was a, a hip sub, I don't, sub, sub, subluxation, something like that. I don't know. Um, some kind of medical term that I'm clearly not qualified to pronounce. But um, he's going to be out for a few weeks. I believe they put him on IR already. So looks like it's going to be Taylor Heineke season. You know, he had a, a good game against Tampa last year in the playoffs. So I think he can do okay. I mean, he got the contract extension in the offseason to – what they thought was going to end up being the backup, but looks like he's going to get his time to shine. I saw a lot of stuff about Cam Newton maybe being signed there. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I get it with the Ron Rivera connection, but at the same time, you have to bring in a whole new quarterback, learn a whole new offense, and now you're already into week two. Of course, they have the Thursday night game against the Giants. It, I don't know. It, Heineke's going to start that game, and while it's probably a little bit of a downgrade for all the receiving weapons and the offense as a whole, I don't think it's that bad. You know, Heineke, when he came into this game, was 11 for 15 with 122 and a touchdown. So he did, he held his own pretty well. And Gibson, 90 yards on the ground, didn't get in the end zone, unfortunately. But um, Logan Thomas did get in the end zone. Of course, three catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Terry McLaurin. Four catches, 62 yards. He did have that one great catch on the sideline that blew my mind when I when I saw it live and um, kind of had the, reminded me of the C.D. Lamb catch from last year, basically reaching behind his body and twisting his back that just looked super painful. But either way, 
Uh, moving on to this Pittsburgh game, they've, they uh, beat Buffalo 23-16. to It was a rock fight of a game. Um, it was just tough to watch. A lot of back and forth, some turnovers. Um, of course, it's, it's two good defenses, so you kind of temper your expectations there a little bit, but I did expect a little bit more. There's a lot of star power on both teams, so I figured at least the offenses would look a little bit more smooth. But either way, uh, Big Ben was 18 for 32, 188 yards and a touchdown. Not the greatest of days, but again, it was that kind of game. Najee Harris, 16 carries, 45 yards. Not great. Uh, not good for those that, you know, pit the Pittsburgh offensive line being bad. We were hoping that wasn't going to be the case, or we were hoping that, you know, Najee wouldn't be succumb to that in a way. But, um, you know, at least for this week, it, it didn't work out in his favor. So hopefully that can get turned around a little bit. Of course, he's still going to get the volume. He did get all the running back snaps, so volume isn't going to be a concern. It's just what can he do with what's given to him. Uh, as far as their pass catchers go, Juju had 452, Claypool had 3 for 45, and Deontay got 5 for 36 and the touchdown. So pretty evenly distributed amongst the, th- the top three pass catchers. Um, Deontay's always that guy that kind of keeps the offense on schedule, keeps the, the chains moving, similar to Juju in that way, uh, though Juju's doing it more from the slot. And Claypool's usually that that big play guy. So you kind of get whatever you, your team needs, whether you need that upside on a week-to-week basis, you're looking at Claypool. Uh, if you need the stability, I'm a big Deontay fan. He's very reliable, I feel. I'm not so high on Juju, but, you know, these games are going to come to where you kind of have to, uh, you know, Big Ben has to throw the ball, and, you know, he's, he's good at least for a little bit of a safe floor. So not going to get anything too crazy from him, but... It's good to get that stability sometimes, too. Uh, moving on to the 49ers and the Lions. Whew, what a barn burner this turned out to be. Uh, 41-33. Of course, the 49ers had uh, a 38-10 lead, and they ripped my heart out. Um, I had them at, you know, minus 9 to cover on the week. Everything looked great until a couple onside kicks, a couple dumb moves. All of a sudden, the Lions were back into it, and... Of course, they only lose by eight, screwing over my spread. So, yay me. But on the fantasy side of things, um, it got even more screwy, believe it or not, because Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch. Uh, Brandon Ayuk was not a scratch, but he barely played. And come to find out later on, it was because of the hamstring injury that he seemed to be nursing going on into the week that nobody seemed to really write about. So... Not sure how I feel about that. Not sure how I feel about um, the San Francisco beat writers not really making a story about this. Um, you know, we see a bunch of stuff after the game come out about, oh, he needs to learn how to be a pro and stuff like that. I'm fading all that. This man averaged, was it like 15 to 17 points per game in the last seven or so games last year as a rookie. So I don't I don't know. It would not surprise me at all one bit to see Ayuk go in next week and tear it up. Um, the Sermon stuff, it's it's very odd to me just because he was getting reps with the ones and now all of a sudden he's a healthy scratch. I don't know what the deal is there, but Elijah Mitchell 
made sure to take advantage. He had 19 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown. He did have that one long run uh, that seemed to, you know, really boost his rushing numbers. But he was another guy that I kind of thought would be a sleeper, kind of like J-Rob was last year, James Robinson. And, um, yeah, I'm a believer in the talent. He's athletic. He's fast. Uh, And now Raheem Mostert is confirmed out. I believe it's eight weeks with um, a bone chip in his, his kneecap or something like that. So, I mean, Mostert's always been fragile. So it's going to be interesting to see how this backfield develops, what kind of timeshare each of the running backs have going forward. We saw Jermichael Hasty get involved and get a red zone carry. Of course, he converted it into a touchdown. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen with Shanahan and how he handles this backfield going forward. Jimmy G, 17 for 25, 314 yards and a touchdown. Trey Lance got involved as well. He had this his one pass, go for a touchdown. Um, I mean, it's a creative offense, which is great, but kind of frustrates you in certain ways with this Ayuk and, and Trey Sermon stuff. So we'll have to monitor that and see how that goes going forward. Jared Goff, of course, he was playing catch-up the whole game. He threw 57 times, and that led to some inflated passing stats. Uh, 338 and three touchdowns of course he did have the one interception Um, one thing that was very encouraging for at least for me um, was to see DeAndre Swift didn't do too much on the ground 11 for 39 but he did have eight catches and 65 yards and a touchdown which I didn't expect him to be super involved this game I kind of was nervous with him coming off the injury and whether or not he was going to be conditioned well enough to really play a role in this game and being facing a tough defense in the 49ers I benched him anywhere I had him unfortunately to you know it didn't fortunately it didn't burn me too much uh it it burned me in one league didn't burn me in the other um but you know it's encouraging at least to see that he's going to be really involved in the passing game Jamal Williams his counterpart was also very involved another eight for 56 on his end um and then TJ Hawkinson leading all receivers with eight catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown. He's going to be their leading receiver this year. They're going to be playing catch-up in a lot of games, and uh, I don't expect that to change anytime soon. He's their number one receiver going forward. So, you know, celebrate if you have TJ Hawkinson on your rosters because I'm sure he's going to do great things for you. Uh, a little bit of a surpriser for me here, Minnesota dropping a game to the Bengals 24-27 in overtime. This game was kind of frustrating to watch just because I had Minnesota covering at minus three. Um, They just couldn't get going for some reason. Uh, They faced a lot of pressure from the Cincy defense. But, um, yeah, it was tough tough sledding for for Minnesota. Cousins, 36 for 49, 351 and two touchdowns. Uh, Dalvin Cook, he had 20 carries, 61 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he had another 43 yards receiving, so he had a pretty good day in terms of all-purpose yards. Uh, Thielen, of course, was the big winner out of the receiving group, 9 for 92 and two touchdowns. Jefferson, a little bit of a quieter day, seven catches, 70. Uh, five, I'm sorry, five catches, 71 yards, and no scores. But uh, of course, switch over to Cincinnati. Joe Burrow, 20 for 27, 261 and two touchdowns. Joe Mixon, he got the the big workload that everybody was expecting, or at least I was expecting. Uh, 29 carries for 127 yards and a touchdown, and uh, he contributed also in the in the passing game, four catches for 23 yards. So 
I think we're going to see more of this going forward. Um, Cincinnati was up most of this game, so that's where a lot of the groundwork kind of came in. But to see him being involved in the passing game was also nice to see. Uh, Jamar Chase had five catches for 101 yards and a touchdown. T. Higgins had four catches for 58 and a touchdown. It's nice to see for any Jamar Chase owners that, you know, he took care of his drop issues in the preseason. And I was saying in a group chat, it looks like he's going to be just fine. Um, You believe in the talent. You got to trust the process. They believe in in Chase. Joe Burrow believed in Chase. That's why they took him so high. all indications to me say he's going to be just fine. And um, this Bengals offense might might actually be a little bit more balanced than it was in recent years, and that'll help Joe Mixon for sure. Uh, I know I have him on a couple rosters, and um, I'm excited to see what he does this year. Hopefully he stays healthy. I, I think he will, but time will tell as far as that goes. Uh, Carolina took care of the Jets 19-14. to Zach Wilson, he struggled a little bit. They didn't look great. 20 for 37, 258, and two touchdowns. Also had an interception. Uh, As far as rushing goes, no one of really any note to kind of worry about. Tevin Coleman led the rushers 9 for 24, so nothing to write home about there. Corey Davis was the big winner as far as the receiving roles go. 5 for 97 and two touchdowns. I think he kind of asserted himself as the alpha for the Jets, and as bad as the offense looked, uh, it was encouraging to see that Corey Davis, you know, last year wasn't just kind of a one-year wonder. Um, it's it's good to see Corey Davis kind of be a lead and, you know, produce at that kind of level when the offense really needed it in order to have any kind of competition in this game. Uh, on the other side, Sam Darnold looked much better, 24 for 35, 279 and a touchdown. McCaffrey, of course, it's so glad to have him back in football and, back on the field and back into fantasy because he was both the leading rusher and receiver for Carolina. And as of right now, he finished as the RB1 on the week. Uh, I think he'll stay that way. I don't expect that to move. And managed to not score a touchdown. So he had just about 200 yards all-purpose, 21 carries for 98 yards, and nine catches for 89 yards through the air. So it's pretty amazing when you can have a guy go for 200 all-purpose yards, not score, and still be the RB1 on the week. He's he's a human cheat code. Um, you know, we talk about rushing quarterbacks a lot, and he's just that guy at the running back position. It's, there's nobody that can really replace what he does on the field. So hopefully he can stay healthy this year and, um, you know, have another great year like we're all accustomed to seeing from him. Uh, as far as next game goes, Arizona 38, Tennessee 13. This was a bit of a surprise for me. Just because I, I knew that Arizona could put up points and they're a pretty good team, but I expected more from Tennessee. Um, they just, for whatever reason, could not get the offense going. Um, they struggled mightily, and to Chandler Jones' credit, he actually had five sacks on the day. So that was that was crazy to see. I did not expect that at all. But getting into the numbers a little bit, Kyler Murray, 21 for 32. He had 289 and four touchdowns in the air. And he had another touchdown on the ground, 5 for 20. Talking about mobile quarterbacks, human cheat codes, none other than the Kyle Murray himself. Um, he he was doing it all, running all over the place, making plays. Um, they just could, Tennessee could not contain Kyle Murray. And, I mean, many teams can't do it anyway. So it, it's not too much of a surprise there. 
Um, as far as on the ground goes, Chase Edmonds, 12 for 63. James Conner, 16 for 53. So pretty even split there. Um, Edmonds gets a little bit of the edge as far as some pass work. You got four for 43 in the air as well. So in PPR formats, you're looking to give him the edge. Um, but James Conner wouldn't surprise me at all if he, you know, crept into the, you know, he gets the goal line work and gets a couple touchdowns here or there. So they're going to be splitting carries, I think, or splitting workload a lot most of the year. Um, but it's encouraging to see because I, I have a couple shares of both. Um, so it's really just all going to depend on how the game goes. Hopkins was his normal great self, six for 83 and two touchdowns. Kirk was a little bit of a surprise here, five for 70 and two touchdowns. And uh, my boy Rondell Moore had six, uh, I'm sorry, four catches for 68 yards. So it was nice to see him get involved early on too. So that'll be something to look forward to. Of course, on the other side, like I said, Tannehill struggled, 21 to 35, 212 and a touchdown. Uh, Derrick Henry, he didn't do great either. 17 carries, 58 yards. And um, yeah, I mean, A.J. Brown, who you're looking at, 4 for 49 and a touchdown. Julio, again, didn't do great, 3 for 29. So it, you know, hopefully they can bounce back next week. But it was just very surprising to see the Titans struggle so much just because you expect at least the offense to, to do some great things. But um, Cleveland and the Chiefs, Cleveland dropped this game 29 to 33. Um, they had a chance at the end of the game, and Baker just threw a costly interception. He was trying to throw the ball away, and it just didn't work out for him. But they hung tough. They actually led most of this game, I believe. So I think we can, it's safe to say that Cleveland is going to be in that top three to four conversation in the AFC. And I think we can see, expect them in the playoffs again. I think they're legit. Um, Baker Mayfield, he was 21-28, 321 in an interception. Uh, of course, not having any kind of touchdowns hurts his fantasy day, but they did what he was asked to do. So not too bad. They were in a position to win. You can't ask much more than that. Uh, Nick Chubb, 15 for, for 83 and two on the ground. Kareem Hunt had a touchdown with 33 yards rushing. And uh, David Njoku was the big receiving leader, uh, three for 76. Um, not sure how many people roster him, but he was then the leading receiver on the day. And Jarvis Landry had um, five catches, 71 yards, and he also had a rushing touchdown too. So he was a, a nice little play if you had him. Of course, on the other side, you had Patrick Mahomes, 337 and, and three touchdowns. Nobody's surprised there. He does some great things. Um, he had another rushing touchdown as well. So it didn't take much for for him to kind of awaken and you know light up the scoreboard towards the, the second half of this game. Uh, Tyreek Hill, another human cheat code, 11 catches for 197 yards and a touchdown, a couple bombs, and that that's all it takes. And he's a guy that again is a game breaker, so that can happen any given week. Travis Kelsey, six for 76 and two touchdowns. Again, nobody's really surprised there. He's their big chain mover. Uh, he's kind of the, the central cog, I think, in the Kansas City offense. He's the one that really keeps it on schedule. So they come out of that. They come out of uh, Cleveland with the win. Uh, this was a tough one for me. The Dolphins and Patriots, of course, Patriots lose by one. Uh, Tua, it was, a, it was a tough game, but uh, Tua passed for 202 yards and a touchdown. Um, nothing to really write home about on the ground. Miles Gaskin, 9 for 49. Uh, Devontae Parker, he had a, a few 
very clutch catches, especially towards the end of the game. He finished with four for 81. And uh, Jalen Waddell had four for 61 and a touchdown. Um, this was just a very tough game. Uh, a lot of back and forth. A lot of good defense was being played. Um, it was encouraging as a Patriots fan to see Mac Jones and how he performed. He was 29 for 39, 281 and a touchdown. Uh, Damian Harris, he did pretty well. 23 carries for 100 yards. And um, even Nelson Aguilar, you know, we were kind of curious to see who was going to emerge from this offense as the leading receiver. At least in game one, it was Aguilar, uh, five for 72 and a touchdown. So uh, I'll be, it's encouraging as a Patriots fan to see Mac Jones do pretty well. Of course, there was some bad penalties and a couple fumbles that didn't work out in their favor, ended up costing them the game. But I, I expect to bounce back from them next week. Uh, moving on to the Broncos and the Giants. The Broncos took this game 27-13. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I did not expect this at all. But 28 for 36, 264 and 2. Boy, was lighting it up. And I, like I said, I was not expecting this at all. Uh, Melvin Gordon, he had 11 carries for 101 yards and a touchdown. Of course, he had that big, long um, touchdown carry. I think it was like 75 yards. So that took most of his work. Um, Javante had 14 for 45. So couldn't get as much going, but, you know, anytime you break a big run, it's going to inflate your numbers. So I still think this is going to be Javante's backfield to eventually take over. Uh, the very discouraging thing here was uh, Jerry Judy. He ended up with six catches for 72 yards. He looked great, but uh, he ended up getting knocked out of this game with the dreaded high ankle sprain. So anybody in redraft league, to me, you're worth just cutting him. He's going to be out at least, I believe it's eight weeks. And the, the problem with high ankle sprains is it, it takes forever to come back. You know, you have your explosiveness kind of just stripped away from you. And you're just not quite the same player. It takes so long to try and come back. Uh, we saw Christian McCaffrey deal with that last year. Took him a bunch of weeks to come back. And, you know, that cost a lot of people their season. So um, it sucks to say because I'm a big Jerry Judy fan. And he was killing it in this game. Such a great route runner. He was creating so much separation every route you know, he was running. But at, at least for fantasy owners, I would say that you got to cut bait with uh, Jerry Judy and just fill up the roster spot with uh, somebody else because he's not going to be able to really contribute for you anymore this year, unfortunately. Uh, going over to the Giants side, Danny Dimes was 22 for 37, 267 and a touchdown. Uh, Saquon Barkley, 10 for 26, was a very tough day for him. Um, I kind of expected this just because, again, he was coming off the knee injury and they had said going into the game that he was going to be kind of eased into a workload. Um, and things don't get much better for him. He's playing Washington on Thursday, so uh, it's going to be, again, really tough to, I think, start him. I feel like you kind of have to start him if you own him just because of where you drafted him, but... I'm not going to feel good about it. And you got to temper your expectations with what you're going to get out of Saquon. So just adjust your expectations accordingly and maybe set your lineups for a little bit more upside um, in your other positions. And, you know, if you get a big game out of Saquon, all the better for you. But uh, I wouldn't be expecting too much out of him. Uh, Sterling Shepard, he led the receiver seven catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. That was pretty interesting to see just because I guess he kind of emerged as the, the leading receiver for the Giants. So he's usually a relatively safe guy that, you know, get too much upside. So this will honestly, in my opinion, this will probably be the best week you'll get out of him for pretty much the whole year. But either way, 
Uh, moving on, we'll go on to another surprise. Um, the Saints just downright thrashing the Packers. I did not expect this at all whatsoever, but it happened. Uh, 38-3 uh, for the Saints. Uh, Aaron Rodgers just basically decided not to show up, I guess. I didn't get to catch too much of this game, but he finished uh, 15 for 28, 133, and two interceptions. You'd love to see that, of course. Uh, Jordan Love played pretty much the whole fourth quarter. But if anything, I, I would say that this better be a wake-up call for the Packers. I'm sure it is. I mean, it's a veteran team, so I would expect them to bounce back next year, uh, this next week. And um, I, I would think Aaron Rodgers is going to come back on the on an angry rampage next week and you know light it up four or five touch, uh, three four touchdowns, something like that, and you know assert his dominance once again. But I don't know. They just didn't really show up. Um, AJ Dillon four carries, 19 yards. Aaron Jones five carries, nine yards. It, didn't do anything. Uh, Devontae Adams was a leading receiver, five catches or 56 yards. So, again, just really no shows across the board for Green Bay. Uh, New Orleans, on the other side, big shocker, big win for Jameis Winston, 14 for 20, 148 yards, five touchdowns. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Um, this, I believe that it's a record that hasn't been done in a, a very, very long time. I forget the exact year, but basically – the fewest passing yards with five touchdowns in at least 20, 30 years. Um, so that was pretty crazy to see. Kamara had 20 carries for 83 yards on the ground, as well as three catches for eight yards and a touchdown. Of course, he had a, a quick little jet pass um, towards the goal line, and that's what got him into the end zone. Uh, Deontay Harris was the kind of the big winner for um, receiving. Two catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown. He had that big bomb. And Jawan Johnson was uh, had three catches, 21 yards, and another two touchdowns towards the goal line himself. So that was a nice sneaky little play for anybody that, that had him. Um, of course, on Sleeper, he has dual eligibility for a tight end and wide receiver. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out going forward. Uh, you might be able to kind of sneak him into your tight end spot, especially if he's going to get uh, goal line work like this where he's kind of a goal line target. He might be an interesting play for you. And on Sunday Night Football, uh, we had the Rams take care of business against the Bears, 34-14. Uh, Andy Dalton didn't look great, 27-38, for 38, 206 in an interception. It's just a matter of time until Justin Fields goes in and, and gets his work and becomes a starter. Of course, he got worked into this game a little bit. He had two completions on two attempts for 10 yards, uh, one rush for three yards and a touchdown. But... Um, yeah, it's just going to be a matter of time, and you kind of have to wait it out until Justin Fields can really take over. Uh, the one bright spot, I think, was David Montgomery, and I didn't expect this at all, but 16 carries for 108 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he could pretty much do whatever he wanted on the ground, and he looked like he had a good amount of burst. He had juice. He just looked great against a very good uh, L.A. Rams defense, so that was very uh, encouraging to see for any David Montgomery owners out there. And as far as receiving goes, uh, Marquise Goodwin was the leading uh, receiver, 4 for 45. Allen Robinson had 6 for 35. So, you know, if you're in a PPR league, that helped out a little bit. But by no means was this offense, you know, firing on all cylinders. Quite the opposite for the Rams. Uh, Matt Stafford, 20 for 26, 321 and three touchdowns. He was firing laser beams all over the field, deep shots underneath. He was going crazy. Uh, the offense just looked great. Uh, it really did. Daryl Henderson, 16 carries for 70 yards and a touchdown. Um, 
he was, you know, he looked great in his own right. Sony Michelle, a lot of people are interested as far as what he was going to get. He only had one carry for two yards, so I don't know how that's that's going to work out going forward. But at least for right now, it's Daryl Henderson's backfield, and uh, Cooper Cup was the the big leading receiver here. Seven catches, 108 yards, and a touchdown. A lot of stuff was made about you know him eating breakfast with Matt Stafford and working out beforehand. Maybe there's something to that. I don't know. Maybe that bumped that should have bumped him up in ADP. If I would have knew about that, I probably would have took Cup way before Woods. Um, but you know, we'll have to see how it goes. Maybe it's one of those where Cup has a week, Van Jefferson has a week, Woods has a week, and they kind of just alternate, go with the hot hand approach, uh, as a manner of speaking. But we do have the one game left tonight. That's the Ravens and the Raiders. Uh, of course, the Ravens have been sabotaged and decimated. Uh, in their backfield, so Tyson Williams looks like he's going to be leading the backfield uh, in this game. You have Lamar Jackson, of course, for the Ravens. The Raiders, um, Josh Jacobs, I believe, is marked as questionable tonight because they know he had an illness, but he was coming off an, a toe injury as well, so I have no idea what to expect from this Raiders offense. I'm a little bit interested in seeing what, how Brian Edwards performs. Uh, he's He should be that lead receiving role for the Raiders right now. Um, kind of put up or shut up, I think, for him. And uh, I'd be very interested, especially with Marcus Peters out. He'll probably draw Marlon Humphreys in coverage, but we'll see how it how it plays out. I do expect a Ravens win, though. I don't expect much coming out of the, the Raiders today, but we'll see how it goes. We had the Ravens uh, minus four um, to start the day yesterday, so that, that was the bet that we had placed uh, yesterday. But we'll see how it goes, um, you know, it was a great weekend. Um, I'm very glad football's back, and I'm happy that we get to enjoy this for the next 18 weeks, at least for the regular season, and then in the playoffs. So that was my recap for uh, you know the games yesterday. If you enjoyed, uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. We're available anywhere podcasts are uh, you know made available to you: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to them. Uh, give us a rating; we greatly appreciate it. And um, give us a follow on Twitter. You know, that's where we're, you know, I'm live tweeting during the games, you know, giving my instant reactions and, you know, where we're having conversations with people, uh, any kind of trades that we have going on in other leagues. That's where you get to kind of see all that on a day-to-day basis. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be back next time for another episode, guys. Until then, take care. Have a great day.